Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From API, this is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. The debate over America's energy policy is focusing on whether Congress should open more of the outer continental shelf to offshore drilling. It's believed that the OCS, as it's called, contains significant quantities of oil and natural gas. But can the oil companies produce these energy resources in an environmentally sound way? Let's ask Ford Brett, who is president of OGCI Petroskills and a director of the Society of Petroleum Engineers. Welcome, Ford. Uh, Happy to be here. Glad you could join us. First of all, please tell me about your company. Well, Petroskills is the world's largest petroleum technology training organization. What we basically do is train uh, geologists and engineers how to find oil and get it out of the ground. And we'll do each year maybe 20,000 people and teach them all over the world. About 40 or 50% of our business is done here in the United States. Well, based on your background then, your information about how the oil industry works and the technology that is now in use, in your opinion, can the oil companies produce oil and natural gas in ways that will not harm the offshore environment? Not only can they, I I think they do. If you look at where the oil that ends up in the ocean comes from, by far and away the the, uh, biggest source of that is natural seeps. In other words, it's something that comes from the earth when oil gets buried it eventually makes its way to the surface somehow, and um, that's where most oil in the oceans come from. The next largest source of oil in the oceans comes from cars on shore or people spilling into the rivers and so forth and ends up out in the ocean. Then comes shipping, which is not really production. This is primarily where uh, importing oil and gas, tankers will periodically uh, leak oil in, in various ways. And last of all comes from oil and gas production. So kind of actually in a funny way, if you want to reduce the amount of oil and gas that goes into the sea, uh, what you would be better off doing is reducing imports, which means produce more here, because shipping causes more oil to leak to the ocean than um, production. Well, people are concerned, though, about offshore drilling. They they remember the industry perhaps as it was 30 or 40 years ago. So how has offshore drilling for oil and natural gas changed over the past few years, and how has the technology improved the drilling process? Well, there's been lots and lots of technological changes in the oil and gas business. These have made the looking for oil and gas not only uh, cheaper and more efficient, um, you know, it's easier to find oil and get it out of the ground than it was 20 or 30 years ago. It's also significantly safer and much, much more environmentally responsible. Um, This business has changed quite a bit since the 80s, and it was changed in a large degree by um, two factors, I think. One factor is there was some regulations that came into play, just like with many, many industries. You remember what Los Angeles was like in the 80s. Um, re- environment regulations just across the board have become more stringent, but I also have to say that the people in the oil and gas business um, are 
legitimately interested in doing things safe and doing things environmentally responsible. Um, so um, people are involved in doing the right thing, I think. Well, how would you describe the industry's offshore environmental record at this point? Um, it is very good now, and uh, people you need to ask is not me. You need to ask the fishermen in Louisiana and Texas. Those are the people that can tell you what's happening to the environmental uh, situation and because they're the people that actually see it and get their livelihoods based upon it. And, in fact, it's very good, and the best places to go fishing is near drilling rigs, believe it or not. And as I mentioned before, the production of oil and gas is not really the issue that uh, – where the source of pollution comes from. Pollution comes from shipping and from discharges on shore. Having said that, it has not always been that way. It has changed in the past uh, 20 or 30 years. You mentioned safety, so let me ask you this, Ford. How would you describe the industry's offshore safety record? I think the record's excellent. In fact, the most unsafe thing about the offshore safety industry now is, is and this is true, is driving to work. In other words, it's safer being out on an offshore platform than it is finding your way to the boat dock or the heliport to get out there. Well, how stringent are the environmental and safety regulations? Can you perhaps cite an example? The regulations are pretty stringent right now. Um, for example, any discharge of any petroleum, no matter how small, to the uh, ocean needs to be reported. And that's one, that's one example. There's other examples about regulations related to to training and safety of operations and so forth. But there, there's um, pretty detailed and, and stringent regulations. There are some industry critics, though, that tend to discount those regulations, and they state that the companies simply can't be trusted to protect the environment. Have you seen any evidence indicating that companies deliberately spill oil or defy regulations? Uh, and do they have any incentive to do that? No, I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard anybody say that, and there's no incentive that I know of to cause people to do that. Um, if, you're, if you are managing your business in a safe and environmentally sound way, you have your business under control, and um, people want their businesses to be under control. But there are also concerns about the conduct of the workers. What regulations and requirements guide their activities, the people that actually work on offshore oil rigs and platforms? And are they expected to adhere to the environmental and safety rules, or is it simply the companies that have to adhere? Uh, no, uh, there are people who are responsible for their, their own activities on offshore platforms. Um, there are training requirements for, that relate to safety and um, environmental uh, regulations, and uh, people are personally responsible as well as uh, organizationally responsible. And I think a safety record and environmental record of the oil and gas business, production business, in the past few years has um, been very good and uh, really does speak for itself. It just basically turns out that um, it's, it's better um, to have a safe and environmentally responsible operation than not. It's just good business. That this isn't your grandfather's oil industry, that technology and concern for the environment and safety have vastly altered offshore operations? Yeah. In fact, I think it's not only not my grandfather's oil and gas business, uh, it's not my oil and gas business. Uh, when I started this in the 80s, it's way safer now than it was then and significantly more environmentally responsible now than it was then. Because of the debate in Congress right now, where people are indeed looking at offshore drilling, can you think of any environmental or safety reasons why more areas of the Outer Continental Shelf should not be opened? I can't think of any environmental or safety reasons why more areas should not be opened. In fact, I can say that environmentally, if more were opened, it would be better. 
um, if we were able to produce more oil and gas here in the United States, we would have to import less. If we imported less, that would be more environmentally responsible, and there's several reasons for it. One is the shipping uh, reason I mentioned before, where uh, shipping is largely because it's not under the control of um, the environmental people here in the United States, uh, is is the largest man-made source of pollution to the seas. And the second reason is that in in the United States, we are significantly more environmentally um, responsible than other places in the world. If you produce oil outside of the United States, it's going to be produced with much less uh, regulation and much less care for the environment than, the, than it's done here in the Gulf of Mexico. Ford Brett, thank you so much for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.